This week, the Dick and Ham Show is brought to you by Jacques Lawrence Suzuki and the Old McCallum Scotch Whiskey, Bourbon and Cigarettes. Taste that. Taste that Old McCallum flavor. Flavortown.com, Old McCallum. I think they need to work on their uh, their slogans a little bit there. It's getting a bit... Are you, are you telling me that the Old McCallum URL is www.flavortown.com? <laughs> it is now because now it's okay. all smooth, smooth menthol taste of Old McCallum cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> which are available in convenient five packs for uh, underage purchasers who can't afford a full mm. pack of cigarettes. But by the way, a pack of cigarettes now in Australia, it's something like $50, isn't it? Yeah, I know it is. It really is. It's, it's <laughs> astonishingly high. You may as well just ban them level of expense. Yeah. How does that even work? Like it really is that much. That's, isn't it $50 or something? Yeah. You want it with a black market, just like in prison. Black market currency. Well, it had, it, it, the big problem now is that you know, the profit margin on stolen cigarettes is so high that it's just become increasingly profitable to actually just take the risk of, <laughs> uh, of you know, bootlegging cigarettes. Worth so, going to jail because there's that much uh, potential margin <laughs> in selling stolen you, cigarettes. You, if you're selling a pack for $25, that costs you $5. Because the yeah, excise is, is like 900%. <laughs> yeah, because I, I used to buy them. I used to buy them in like, or well, I used to buy them, like I bought them all the time. But no, I, I bought a pack in Connecticut where they grow tobacco and where there's no excise and they were $5. So yeah. so the government's pocketing a fair bit. Oh, you imagine that, that being, being a, like a regular smoker who's used to those type of prices. Landing in Melbourne's like, hang on, what? <laughs> what? Ten, 10x the price. It's like buying a Mars yeah. bar in Oslo. Jesus Christ. I knew that was coming. Yep, knew mm-hmm. that was coming. How much is a Mars bar in Oslo? Uh, it doesn't matter. This is not important. $18. <laughs> All right, okay. I thought there uh, might have been a specific example. No, the exchange rate is six to one, roughly. It's probably... No, no, chocolate's not that expensive. It'd be about the same. I mean, it would be like two Australian dollars, three, maybe Oh, something. come on. There well, is no serious. way that's true. It, well, okay. Now, hang on, hang on. Let me think about this. Yes, really that's want, Dave Maths. I don't buy Maybe Mars I... bars. I don't even think you can get Mars bars here. I'm trying to think of the Twix, which is the one universal chocolate bar you can get. Yeah, everywhere. Twix is popular. The Twix is probably like good day. You get a Twix for 18 kronos, which is three bucks. Well, a good day. What <laughs> a does it day. fluctuate? What, it's a fucking fluctuating market on fucking it, Twix. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the, the, the price is very wildly. You just got to know Twix when to buy things. Jesus Christ. All I know is a sandwich and a Coke cost like 50 US. Yeah, that did happen. <laughs> we were, yeah, and that was uh, quite a lot. Yeah, no, it's 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 still it's still a problem with certain things. You can you can get stung. I bought a street hot dog, a street hot dog, fifteen dollars. I want to talk street. about street hot dogs in just in just a second. Uh, in fact, we yeah. could just go straight into it. Let's do we, it. We're talking about the gay uh, district, or we're talking about the food? <laughs> Both. No, we're talking about the food stuff. It's uh, it's children's birthday party season here for us, given that both our children are born in April, and there's a bunch of other kids around who are born in April. What do you mean? We're just going to wait for that, that laughter to subside from Sam's, Sam's little, uh, yeah, Great bit. little little quip. Uh, yeah, children's birthday party season. Children's birthday parties here, the, the hot dog is the glue that holds them together. It's like you have to have them. It's what every kid expects, and it's just, it's just given. Cultural differences, eh? I know, right? It's so a real surprise to me, the hot dog thing. Every time you say it, it's just it's incongruous with what I picture in my mind to be true of Scandinavia. Hot dogs just feels like an unsophisticated bullshit American thing. 
I think it's like some of it is convenience and, and like even portability, like people jam them into a thermos. Like you sometimes people see <laughs> MCG. Like you, have you ever seen, <laughs> are we going to get through this? We may not get through this. It's been, it's been too long and we've lost our ability to not laugh. 53 minutes of chuckling and giggling and everything. I know, but no question. So when we had a bunch of kids to our house for Olivia's birthday, I was like, well, I'm just going to, you know, make this the way I want it. So I put out a large number of condiments and before I knew it, I looked down, I had a fucking hot dog that had like fried onion, potato salad, pickles, three different types of sauce. And then like, that's probably too much potato salad. Yeah. Why would, why would you do that to a hot dog? But begs the question and think, think of the American context for a moment. You go to Chicago and they've got like, you know, like celery salt and their own little weird thing that they put on. You go to New York, there's a couple of different options. What, what, and this is not a question specifically for Boots, who was a known hot dog uh, enthusiast back in the day. It's a question for everybody. What does and does not belong on a hot dog? I'm, I'm just a, I'm a pure t- tomato sauce, maybe a little bit of mustard, but that's kind of it. Like, I'd like cheese can fuck off. I can't be dog, cheese. As as I'm con- is anyone doing that? Yeah, people put cheese on hot dogs. No way. Yeah. No, it doesn't belong. You, you, you go to, I mean, look. The US is weird, but like, depending on which part of the US you go, you, that you'll go to sports stadiums and they'll have jalapenos on mm. the hot dog, which fucking the sauerkraut. They put sauerkraut uh, on there sometimes. The sauerkraut's not great. Um, but if you're just going to a a street vendor hot dog cart in New York, you're getting. If you're asking for anything other than mustard or ketchup, he's just going to take a shit on your uh, on your hot dog as he hands it to. I'd argue that you're fucking crazy if you're asking for one in the first place from a street <laughs> vendor. Really? We've all done it, though. We've all lived uh, in They tasted pretty good, didn't they? From a, from a, from, we're talking street meat? We're talking about from a street cart? Yeah, the hot dogs from the, just, or just scattered throughout New York. Those fucking licenses are 50 grand a year. I think they're mm, okay. I've seen the dudes running those things. Yeah, okay. right. But no, okay. I, mean, I was just yeah. looking at the hot dogs. I remember my, my last recollection was that it was they were two dollars, and then if you were if you were lucky or willing to drop your standards, you could find a one dollar. But the one dollar ones were very hard to find, and they were small. I liked them. I, I was willing to take the risk. No 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 problem. But uh, they were good. Unlike Mister Ladi Da, fucking this guy over here. Jesus Christ! <laughs> what do you know about parasites? Yes, <laughs> Sam with his fucking gold plated hot dogs that have to you know be covered in caviar. Yeah, go into a, into a, right. into a quote-unquote shop to get. <laughs> yeah. You don't buy them off the floor. Try and stay away from the rat district. That's all you're doing. Yeah, it's no, terrible. It's true. Bricks, bricks and mortar. Uh, but what I'm hearing is that there's, there's basically all of the things I'm doing sound sound incorrect in your opinion. Potato salad is, is a no. Can I ask you a question, though? Are we talking a, uh, are we talking a traditional um, uh, red hot dog, you know, like that are grossly cooked in water? Versus the the, the fair income Australian uh, sausage and bread type thing because I think the condiments can be different for those different hot dog treatments. Yes, I agree. Yes. A water a water hot dog, which in Denmark yes. are red, but everywhere else they're not, which is confusing to me. Uh, red red in Australia. Yeah, no, I mean in this part of the world, no one else does the red ones. It's just Denmark. It's like they're they're like they're our famous thing, and it's like no, you're not. Everyone else says that, but yeah, no no one else. The Swedes and the Norwegians and the Finns don't don't do the red ones. Yes. You say meat cooked in water and my stomach is starting just to just turn as you say meat and water. Well, 
Yeah, no, I, I, I'll rethink the potato salad. I think that's a bit much, but um, the, the small... Wouldn't that just dry... weigh down the dog and the, and, and the bun? How does that yeah, even work? It, it can do, but sometimes they're literally the only food stuff provided. So you need to stack them up with extra stuff to kind of make it into a more substantial meal. That's where it started. Whereas like, this is oh, the only thing. Dogs. Yeah. But Incredible. sometimes sometimes wrapped in a tortilla. That's what? the other option they do here. Yeah, tortilla God, hot dog. It. You guys are doing food really badly. Yeah. Well, in a hometown, they do them in waffles. Fucking waffle dog. Which is a disgrace. That's not a real food stuff. But uh, we did, we're getting a Norwegian listener this week. A shout out to, uh, to, to Russell. New, new, new listener called Russell. One of my wife's colleagues. She's selling us into people. So we've uh, got a new listener, which takes us up Hi, to Russell. Uh, seven, seven listeners. Russell, new, new to Norway, half Australian, half Brit, which I'm always a bit suspicious of, to be honest. Yeah, that's fair. Questions. Um, I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed. Yeah. yeah. And it gave him one of my cherry ripes, which is the only cherry ripes in the whole country. That's bullshit. That is. Doesn't Jeff's dad live in Norway? We, we're not sure about Jeff's dad. But uh, no, I was, I, was, I was actually thinking of Jeff and his, his, uh, his letters. It's been so long since we did a podcast. I went and checked because Jeff's written multiple letters since we last did this, and he probably owes some type of response. <laughs> And, but, but it's just it's just been so long it's like hey guys loving the show keep it up what do you think of the incoming reagan administration how do you think <laughs> they're gonna go and it, made, <laughs> and it made me think made me think you know it's been too long well, jeff hates taxes that's for sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trickle down economics is his bag but yeah no but it was it was a thrill we met, we met jeff i'll actually check the mailbox and see if there's anything in there Germany's just appointed this kind of weird guy to be their, their leader. That's, yeah. He's got a lot of funny moustache happening. Ideas. Jeff had a question about Lego um, recently. Well, when I say recently, I mean, you know, several months ago. Uh, thoughts on Lego, I guess, the, kind of the, not just the blocks and the kits, but the current alignment with major marketing campaigns. So he's talking about the, the licensifying of Lego. Well, I mean, you can't really say anything other than it was a masterstroke that turned around the entire product and brand and company. And I can't really think of a single negative thing you'd say about it. It's just, it's a they've kind of, win, they've win. kind of crushed it because it's like a full toy, but it's sort of arguably a bit creative and sort of educational compared to just being a complete piece of shit. Like most of the thing the kids want. And then yep. they've also mm-hmm. conditioned people to pay extortionate amounts for it. So, you know, you get off a plane at the airport and you'd be like, oh, like a little park, the Caribbean, little Lego. What? This must be the wrong price tag. It can't be $48. My kids would knock out that little fucking battleship in like mm. eight minutes. It's so yeah. expensive. Yeah, but they've, they've really kind of found a way to fool parents in two different ways. One, um, you know, kind of going, yeah, it's kind of more educational than something else, so I'll choose that. But then also when every time you look at the price of the kids, you're like, well, it's okay because... He's going to build it multiple times. It'll be good. He'll make it, then he'll take it apart, and then he'll build it again. And they never, ever do that. They never no, do that. Because they, they mix it up with the other Lego, and there's no fucking chance of ever building it. Also, what do you do? What do you do with like a, uh, once they've built the amazing thing, what do you do with it then? You put it on a shelf, and it's the ultimate dust gatherer. You're Maybe like, look at that thing. That's incredible. Bit, well, what if it's static? What if it's a castle? What do you do yeah, that? that's right. Lily Rose has got a couple of frozen castles, right? And she actually plays with all the characters going between the castles. And she, like, she legitimately. Yeah, kids have never done that. They finish and they go, great, done. Yeah. Hey, did, did I see, um, did, I think I saw this this week, that 
they've announced or are planning to announce a Transformers Lego line that you put together and then it actually transforms correct like, from the robot yeah. into the truck. That is next level. Like, is that is that Lego perfection or what it has to be? That that is pretty exceptional. I, I just saw the headline, so I haven't gone into the the details. Mm, but my, my Transformers interest was piqued by something that's not really a toy. It's it's too expensive to even classify as a toy, but a company in America called Robeson made a large, like 19-inch tall Optimus Prime toy that has 27 actuators and motors in it, and it actually does transform from a robot into a truck and actually does drive. That's pretty sweet. What are we paying for that? 900 US. Less than well, I that's thought. Still, that's, still, that's still cheaper than the Millennium Falcon Lego. Honestly, astonishing toy. And they got, uh, what's the name of the awesome old guy who does the original Optimus Prime voice? Is it Peter? I, I have his name, but I can't, I can't quite bring it out. Peter Cullen. Peter Cullen, yeah. He left and then came back, but he voices it. And it's pretty fucking cool. Wow. But yeah, not 900 big ones that, that'll cost you, which is... Uh, which is tough. It's pretty but, good. Uh, no, in terms of Lego, I, I get the same problems with no repeat playability. The one exception to that, probably my best Lego purchase, there was like a like a Technics Lego, but not difficult Technic Lego. So, you know, anybody could basically build it. And it was a like a little mini monster truck and it's a pullback toy. So it has a proper pullback mechanism like those little cars, but it's a Lego version of it. But the pullback mechanism and the the flat Lego racing wheels are like so superior that it's just like the best pullback car you've ever seen. And the kids use it like all the time because it just drives like, like a straight as an arrow fast as you can, you know, it's, it's yep. fucking awesome. But uh, yeah, it, it, it is a problem. Like you finish it and then it's like, well, let's do that again. And the kids just like, no, why would I do that? One, mm. one thing that, that use burns up a surprising amount of time with our seven year old, I taught her how to play solitaire loves it. Loves really? the cards. Cards in general is 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 probably not a bad thing with with kids, but it's solitaire. If you can get them into it, it's, it's good to play together in the beginning. Of course, are you downstairs at the uh, at the ca- at the camp um, holiday? Uh... Yep, in the uh, in the, the downstairs TV room. Has been away at Wingana for a week. Has she? Just Where? Got back. What's Wingana? Wingana is like one of those um, health wellness retreats where you just go and who the fuck knows because I would never go to one in a million years but yeah interact with some crystals (laughs) is it in Byron Bay no uh well you 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 go you fly into the Gold Coast airport I think it's nearby but it's not actually in Byron Bay okay well for those who haven't seen it the reason I'm raising it there was an exceptional uh (laughs) review of that terrible tv show Byron Bay's um featuring the SBS Review woman Margaret Pomeranz, which I, I found very enjoyable. We'll post a link to it. Yeah, she nailed that. Is the other guy still? Is the guy still around? David from Margaret and David. David gone. Yeah, he was. I'm not sure whether he's right right now. Like last year, he was around. Oh, okay. oh was he? But they haven't done that show together for a while, there, right? Yeah, makes you wonder why they, they did have a fan base and it was kind of generally watchable, mm. and there was no real. What a- what else no audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else is that guy doing? He's like, I'm taking a break from the show to do what? Yeah. <laughs> Gardening. Yeah. <laughs> Slam poetry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would be funny if it was something just vastly inappropriate for a guy like that. Like being a pro rollerblader. I'm following my dream. <laughs> Joining the circuit. 
<laughs> trying to get on the US circuit where the top guy gets 130 million a year. You, know? <laughs> you ever notice that with American sports? It'll be like, yeah, what do you do? Oh, I'm a dirt biker. Oh, wow. Is that like, is that a thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm on the sewer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm on a $19 million contract. <laughs> it's like, what? I didn't even know that was a sport. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's all about the all about the TV dollars. Which speaking of which, there's a boots this this is right right in your wheelhouse. Um and I, I know you'll know this off the top of your head. I saw a short but good documentary about one of my favorite sports leagues, the American Basketball Association, and the TV rights deal. So there were two teams, they had a merger between the ABA and the NBA because the ABA folded. Two teams didn't get included in it, and they just were like, fuck you guys, you're not coming across. The owners of one of those teams, the Spirits of St. Louis, were like, okay, well, fuck it. We're going to accept that, but let's sign a deal where we get like one, no, what was it? Like one-seventh of the TV rights for the teams who did get in. And these two guys. It's it's something like two and a half percent of the of each deal. But in in perpetuity, forever, for the rest of time, as as long (laughs) as the NBA has a television deal, these guys get a cut of the TV rights for the San Antonio Spurs, the Indiana Pacers, the New Jersey Nets, and whichever ones, the Denver Nuggets, I guess. Yeah. And Boots, is that the best sports deal anyone's ever done? It's certainly the most prescient one. There's a couple of examples of people paying $50,000 for franchises that then... Um, and the capital growth on some of those uh, has been out of control. I think one of the basketball teams changed hands in the early 90s and it was had some debt, like had about a million dollars worth of debt and they paid three million bucks for it. And this, this is um, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, which were bought by Herb Cole, who was a senator. And they then sold um, to some private equity guys in 2014 for 1.9 billion or something. So that's a uh, yeah, pretty good year growth of <laughs> solid return. Well, the documentary um, the documentary is called Free Spirits. It's an ESPN 30 for 30. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where you find it, but, uh, you know, but interesting. And it's only an hour, so um, it's a it's a. I think it'll be on 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 KO. I think they've got. Almost yeah, all the of 30. the thirty for thirties on there. Yeah. Um, the words, the words in perpetuity are usually a bit of a red flag, aren't they? I'm not, I'm not a lawyer, but I would have thought keeping away from those is probably a good idea. Yeah, but Hugh, yeah. how how big could the NBA rights get? <laughs> <laughs> the, the the issue for them, and the, those teams couldn't leave. The, the the agreement between the seven teams was that they couldn't leave without basically it was a one in all in deal. Because to basically stop them from stop the NBA from just picking off teams, which is what they would have done to kill the to kill the ABA, they said, "Well, no, we we need to negotiate as a collective." So to say, you basically have to take all of us. And the NBA said, "Well, we're not taking all of you because you know the, some of you are in the same um, locales, some of you are in locales we don't want to be in." Um, uh, I mean, one of the reasons that, that the St. Louis team they didn't want it was freaking you couldn't get a direct flight from any of the major cities in there so actually playing games there was was going to prove to be problematic in terms of uh, of doing a schedule but the so that's where you you end up with and as dave points out the 
the deal where they guys say, well, okay, you can, you guys can go into the NBA, but first of all, you've got to pay us money for our licenses in the ABA, so pay us out for that, which was a piddling amount. You know, I, I think it was a 150 or 250K. It was basically nothing at the time. Um, but then you've got to also, we'll, we, we will take a cut of whatever you, um, five teams or seven teams, whatever it was, that went across, get um, going forward. And they just, uh, I, I don't think they thought it was going to be the, the, the money earning that it is now. And clearly they didn't in the mid 70s when they were still on tape delay and had one national um, television deal. But the uh, it, it, it has proven to be a, um, Incredibly lucrative, and and the NBA have a number of times tried to um, a buy it out, b challenge it in court, as saying we couldn't possibly have meant what we said at the time. How does that argument usually work in court? Like, have there been successful cases where someone said that we didn't mean it? You can argue intention of the contract. The problem is intention has you have to, you have to demonstrate intention that is so far from what the words on the page and provide evidence prima facie that that was the case. Isn't that why you've got lawyers? They can't, they just can't do it um, on, on, on this case. Because it, the, the, the reasoning behind what they did was this, this is why they did what they did. Uh, no one was being necessarily deceitful about it. They just couldn't anticipate what the value of these rights were going to be. Now, and that's been the argument recently, is that um, it's, it's, they've argued the equivalent of the American Court of Equity, which they don't, they don't have the same Court of Equity that we have here, that we couldn't possibly have anticipated at the time of making this contract that this was going to be the outcome. And therefore, it would be fairer for everybody, or really just fairer for us, if we were to pay a lump sum to, you know, kind of exit this arrangement. Um, but that is, uh, that is not the case. What they really fucked up with and how they would have saved themselves, and people say this is, I'm not sure whether this is in the, in the documentary, but in, in other things I've read, the intention was to originally document it that it would live with the owners of those franchises who were not included but it would extinguish upon their death, i.e. it was not a transferable asset. They would continue to get the money as, as long as they were alive. Um, and, but the problem was that's, that didn't end up getting documented and it was, it was a, a right to income that they could um, both assign and, um, and, and give to uh, and have it inherited from. Yeah, yeah, that's not a great result for basketball. But good result for those two guys. So yeah, that was um, free spirits. It's called. So on the uh, the subject of TV, which we typically do talk about here on the show, in the twelve months it's been since we last did an episode, anyone seen anything? Uh, anyone seen anything interesting? Has it been twelve months? No, it's close. No, it's all right. Fuck. It has been a long time. It's been a fair while. The new season of Barry's just started, which just continues yeah. to be just incredible. Um, yeah. Just every single episode of that is um, is just remarkable. As is Better Call Saul, which is in its you know, it's kind of in the first part of its last season, which is just remarkable. It's kind of it, it's it's truly incredible with that show that Vince Gilligan and, and and that team have done something that you know some think is better than Breaking Bad, or at least kind of on par with, or 
if not on par with very, very close to like the, the, there's firing on all cylinders. Those that, that, that entire team kind of everything they're doing is just absolutely um, just kind of impeccable. And when you watch that compared to almost anything else, it's just, it's so unique um, and just so different, really kind of stands out. So if anyone's not watching those probably do that. It's pretty good. Do you need to have watched Breaking Bad to enjoy Better Call Saul? No, it, it it would add to it. You know, like you could still watch it. Like the the good thing about a lot of those shows is they're so character driven that you could just start watching it and you'd be like, it's just the story about this guy, Jimmy McGill, and he winds up becoming a lawyer called Saul Goodman, right? But, um, you know, it's a, it's probably better if you've seen Breaking Bad. But um, um, but no, it's, that's, that's, that's really good. Did, did anyone see a documentary from year, like, I don't know, 15 years ago called The Staircase? Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with it. I haven't watched the whole thing. I was right. familiar yeah, with okay. Kate, uh, the yeah. original Kate. Yeah. Is, okay. that the, about the, is that the spoiler alert about the, the woman allegedly being pushed down the staircase? Yeah, yeah. So, so there's a new HBO show at the moment with Colin Firth and Tony Collette and um, uh, Michael Stuhlbarg and like a bunch of really great actors kind of with a dramatised version of this famous case with this this dude whose name escapes me, but, you know, was was accused of murdering his wife by pushing her down the stairs. And, um, you know, the, 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 the documentary that was first made was actually made at the time, like actually had a film crew kind of following him and his kind of, um, you know, legal team around kind of as they kind of developed the defence all through the trial. And it's kind of just got all this footage of them kind of working that out, um, you know, along with his extended family and all this sort of stuff. So it's really just quite an incredible documentary kind of piece kind of showing that experience and, and everything that, that, that kind of goes along with it. And the story itself is quite just incredible as well. Um, I won't get into kind of whether he was found guilty or innocent or, or anything like that, but um, you know, it's, it's one of these where, you know, he's, he's accused of doing this thing and he's either absolutely a, a, a cold blooded murderer or just so remarkably unlucky about what actually happened because there's so much stuff there that really makes it look like he did it. But then there's a lot of evidence that you would expect to see if he did it that just does not exist either. And it's, so it's this really kind of fascinating case as, as a result of that. So um, I'd, I'd certainly recommend the, the documentary itself. It goes for like fucking 10 hours or something like that. Like, cause there's just so much footage and the story kind of plays out over the course of kind of 15 years or something, really. It go, goes for a long, long time. Um, but uh, outside of that, this dramatization that's on kind of HBO and here in Australia, it's on Foxtel and Binge called The Staircase is, um, is re- really incredibly well made. Like, you know, the, the performances by everyone involved are just um, uh, really just kind of captivating to look at. And the, the good thing too, is that it's not, it doesn't feel overly dramatic. Like it's really focusing on the dynamics of this family and kind of what they're going through and just this really kind of artful retelling of these things that happen from different perspectives. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a really, really impressive um, uh, show. And, you know, I think if you'd kind of seen the documentary as well, it just kind of adds to that. There's this other kind of cool thing they're doing in that there's this strange but kind of compelling conspiracy theory about what actually might have happened. And I don't know, but it kind of seems like they're edging towards that in the dramatization as well. Like they've got all these kind of references to this other thing that might've happened without quite saying it yet. And so it's going to be fascinating to see if they actually go there. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd certainly recommend that. The performances alone are totally Tony Collette, man. Holy shit. She's unreal. Yeah. 
great actor. It has her career really at this point. Yeah. Amazing. amazing. Where did she get her start? Like I, I uh, just Ni- thought of- NIDA. The Muriel's Wedding was kind yeah, of a first movie. Yeah, that was her yep. first movie. Yeah, Six Sense was I think that was I think a breakout, right? Yeah, that was a huge film. But, yeah, but I, was, you, I was thinking yeah. what was before that. Yeah, I think you're right, Muriel's Wedding. Because Muriel's Wedding was sort of a minor hit outside of Australia, or possibly even a so, bigger than minor. So Australian. If you watch that now, like it is yeah. Australian off the charts. Like I can't believe how anyone... I can't believe anyone even gets it overseas. You know what I mean? Like it's... It's also very dark from memory. Like it's... It is. It's quite sad. Yeah, mum's like suicidal. Yeah. 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 yeah clearly. I actually don't know that I've ever seen it, but um, but yeah. Yeah, I've, I've never I've watched heard. all of it. It's a bit too much for me. Not sort of film you watch more than once. I've been watching a little Hacks now that it's back. Oh, it's back, is it? I loved Hacks. That was yeah, such yeah. a great recommendation. That first that. season is unreal. Example of a show where the title I feel like does not capture the show at all. Every time I say it, I'm like, "Oh, that's that's that show." Yeah, um, bad, but yeah, it's, it's it's good. It's a good show. So season two is is sort of it's it's not a letdown. It's it's sort of in the same. I'm only two eps in, so yeah, it's similar similar vibe, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. We've been watching. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Sam. I got one for Ranch, but you go first. Uh, I think I've, I've flagged this before and probably no one's with me, but we're watching the last season of This Is Us as well, which I, I like a lot, but uh, mm. maybe the only one. You might it's, be. Uh, the not, I, I think you're the I only got, one I got to say, all the US watching the last series. Fuck. That's, that's oh, one of the most really? precipitous drop, drops in ratings of any show any show has ever had. Mm. Yeah, that's... Um, I must admit, I haven't enjoyed it as much, but um, in general, it's not the sort of show I would normally bother watching, except that because um, it's sort of uh, like sad and all that sort of stuff. But um, I think it's so good that uh, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed watching it. I'll be sad to see it go. Having said that, this last season is 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 maybe not as good. How many seasons is are there? Maybe all five up? or six, three or four, right. four or five, around there somewhere. That, that's a pretty five big or six, three or met. four. Maths was never a strong point. <laughs> it's like when we met that guy playing cards in Amsterdam, and he like he was like, "What's your name?" Oh, you know, Chris, James, whatever. And it's like, it's one or the other, isn't it, mate? Like, <laughs> roughest thing ever done to someone. He goes, "How old are you, mate?" He goes, 13, 14, you know, fifteen. He goes, "Which is it?" Remember. <laughs> Sunned him. He he really. Uh... Yeah, he did. That was uh, that he was sick of that guy's bullshit. That's for sure. Fuck. Yeah, no. Man. Got got hyped up about the card game we were playing from memory, and it you know really uh, messed messed with his energy levels just, quite a lot. Just, and then he just just, just ang- ang- angry angry up his blood. It did in a way that I don't know. You know, other than the time he ran over that guy at the go kart center. That's right. That's right. I watched that in slow motion and the guy was so pissed off and had every right to be so pissed off. He shouldn't he shouldn't have been standing there. It's not his fault. No, it's a runoff area. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the where's track. the gravel? Where's the gravel? That's my question. Or the tires or, or you know, just something, the fences. Exactly. But, uh, that, that video is still on the internet for people who are interested. But the, <laughs> tragically, the, uh, the, the footage of the actual incident is not there. You just get a half frame of Lawson kind of flying off the track yeah. and then a bit of a camera shake and then you just see a dude rolling around clutching his ankle <laughs> and Lawson is on the grass. He's miles away from the fucking... 
And from memory, it's funny because then he drives at walking pace along the grass for a while to get back on the track. But he like does. a really long route, like there's he maybe does. 30 to 60 meters that he he's got to go on the grass. He the speed of one of those old person shopping cart devices. He's going like but that. he's got all the safety gear on. So he looks like one of those losers who used to do the kite surfing opposite Steve's <laughs> house in Brighton. Remember yeah, those guys? It, but Ranch, I was going to say one more thing to you about TV. So two things that Ranch and I had uh, high on our agenda that not everyone else did was only murders in the building, which you talked about. That's back for season two very soon, which I'm excited about. Oh, jeez, does that is that this is that the sort of show that requires a second season? Maybe well, not. If, if you remember what happened at the end of the first season, yeah, I guess I don't know. It yeah, did feel self-contained, like a, and it, yeah, one I, and I done agree. felt about right for that show. Anyway, sorry, you to shut your mouth. Bitch. But th- look, those guys, Steve you Martin, know, he can do what he pleases. And he and Martin Short, it's a it's a sort of a unique thing that's like you know what if they want to just run it back then you know let they've kind of earned the right to just try it um i just introduced the boys to the part of three amigos where the three of them are sitting <laughs> in the desert they sing that song and the horses start singing in as well the real crowd pleasure that was like that? the words we sing it before bed yeah uh, which song is, is it, is it the, the, the the it's uh blue shadows on the on the range and then the, yeah. at the end of it the the the, the turtle goes good night yeah yeah, you know? yeah. It deserves yeah. a bit more credit. That film. Yeah. I feel like the fact that Chevy was in it and everyone just hated Chevy for years. It's so fucking stupid. Sort of my hurt, God. hurt that film a bit. He did another one with Dan Aykroyd called Spies Like Us, which is not talked Classic. about. Classic. I love it. Spies I Like Us is a ripper. It. I feel like I saw all of those movies, like, you know, whenever I'd rent anything, if it had Chevy Chase's face on the front of it, because I love the vacation movies so much, if it yeah. had his face on the front of it, I would just just want to rent it irrespective of whether it was any good him and john candy was the other one anything like that john had candy john candy in it i wanted to see it. Can, i so, heard there's so a great good. clip i think i heard it on a um cough bill simmons podcast you where um <sighs> apparently there's a clip where roger rebert basically slams spies like us to chevy chase on possibly on chevy chase's show, own show which oh. is something i feel like i need to look up he did have a talk show and it was he and john McEnroe were the bad. two people who had the all-time worst talk shows um, John McEnroe's talk show you, just you fucking sucked. Your mouth about the magic hour. Oh, the magic hour. That wasn't good either. I, I left him out. You know, I didn't. I didn't go there. Yeah, the, the, he, magic Johnson is very upset that you have not mentioned his talk show. <laughs> well, we could go even. I mean, there's a there's a long uh, connection between this show and, and Lake Air trivia because I did listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers song called Magic Johnson the other day. Not a good song. LA, LA Lakers, Fast Break Makers. Also, Fast Break Makers. Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers ruined oh. Kobe Bryant's last game so by, bad. by playing the worst Star Spangled Banner bass solo that's ever been played. It's so bad. Hang on. Is he playing a bass solo during a Star Spangled Banner the, or oh. did they choose him to play Star Spangled Banner on his bass? That, that. It was that, 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 yeah. that, 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 that. Who made that artistic call? It's a bass no, you can do hey, it. Hey, guess. hey, 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 steady on there. You can Sorry. do it, just not that way. It, it not could the way be he good. Did it. it was terrible. <laughs> it was so, it's a very worthwhile watch in terms of the awkwardness yeah. level of the players going, like, fuck, there's still three minutes to go of this. You think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you think you remember how bad it is and then you watch it, you're like, it's 10 times worse than I think. And it goes forever. Like it yeah. never ends. He's it's still like playing. he doubles down because he's like, I, I just I need a bit more just to get over the top and yeah. turn the crowd if around. I keep, it just if I keep going, I'll play a good bit and they'll like it. But uh, no, just to round off the th- the things that Ranch Sorry. and I were on that other people weren't. Um, Righteous Gemstone season two 
very much worth it if people haven't yeah, given it a try. Good. Absolutely worth it. The one it show I've good. finally given up on is is Cobra Kai after season four yeah, me or whatever too. the one was. Like I can't keep doing this. Yeah, I, like, I, I loved it until I didn't, right? Like the most recent season that came out, I put on the first episode. I was like, why am I watching this now? This yeah, doesn't make sense. It, Whereas I just loved everything about it up until that point. I it was I I really I went off it real quick. Yeah, me too. But you just you just you've reached a natural limit and then they pushed beyond it and then it's suddenly like, what is the point? And nothing ever finishes. Like ironically, they always talk about we could finish this, we could finish this yeah, once and for yeah. all. And nothing ever finishes. And, they just keep bringing of, back old characters. And we'll kind finish of, it uh, once and for all until next week when we find another going. <laughs> Something yeah, else that we're but, gonna finish once and for all. Yeah, we'll finish is, this. Like they, they bring back old characters from like sequel movies that no one ever saw, and so it's I like, know. Dun, dun, dun. Here's this guy, and you're like, Who the fuck is that? I know, and you have to go to Wikipedia to work uh, it out. It's the fucking guy who served him at the hot dog van in episode four. And you're like, oh, okay, and also, him, is it like, 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 even uh, though when you watch it and do enjoy in those first few seasons, there's this nagging suspicion, but eventually it becomes too much for you, where you just be like. This is all just about a local strip mall karate kind of <laughs> yeah. you know club versus another one. Like there's people dying here. What the fuck is going on? Like yeah. someone get the police involved. This is out of control. The one bit that was good though was that that ridiculous character who was just this maniac in one of the karate kids that no one actually watched. They referenced it and it was sort of like self referential where he's like what what yeah, the okay. fuck was with you back then he's like oh and then the character literally says yeah look it was the 80s i was just had heaps of cocaine in my system it's like i was just <laughs> high on cocaine the whole time that's why that's why i was a maniac <laughs> it's okay. kind of funny way to explain uh, it away um that's great no I, I, it's over that's for that good. show for yeah. and, um good on uh, good on ralph Macchio and the other guy to get in a late career spike though doing this crazy show like that the far on it had to be yeah. better than anyone expected, right? It should have been terrible. Oh, yeah. oh no. The, the, Johnny Laura is iconic. Those first few seasons fact, are exceptional. The, and the fact the first season um, was on YouTube, like that was mm. that that was the, the, the distributor for the first season. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Ultimately, they got picked up by Netflix. But, um, yeah. Which is incredible, just... something that was just on YouTube that really, and it was on the, the you know, you had to pay for it on YouTube. Um, and then it's uh, YouTube Red or whatever it was called. You, you, yeah, YouTube Red and then became YouTube Premium, whatever it was. Um, the, the, the word of mouth about it was so good that it actually did become you know, a thing. Boots, um, Boots, what's on your watch list at the moment? Um, yes, no. <laughs> uh, no one wants to watch that. Fucking hell. Uh, I think I mentioned that. The, the, during the last podcast, I think I just started watching Slow Horses, which was the Apple TV show with Gary Oldman. Yes, uh, right. Oh, is that good? It was excellent. I, mm, I, I want to see that. I, I, I dropped out really, after the first. Didn't like it, but I need to give it another go, it really? sounds like. Uh, you, you do. Like the, the, I mean, Gary Oldman's just, just having fun with it. It's the sort of character he loves playing, like just yeah. a, a very Cockney English guy, but he, and always oh, find makes a relatively good TV. If you've got this guy who's, for all intents and purposes, being cast aside by um, the British Secret Service, but he's just he's clearly super competent. Um, and there there are these are based on a series of books, and so there's a number of books, so they can make a number of seasons if they choose to. Um, but I thought it was just it was really well executed. It's only six episodes, so you know it's 
Is that is that a John Lacare uh, book? No, it's not. It's not Lacare, but it's uh, it's another uh, similar author to Lacare, the, the guy who wrote it. It looked a bit yeah, like yeah. that Tinker, Tinker Sailor Soldier Spy type vibe, British yeah, espionage yeah, sort, that, that sort of thing. Yeah, that sort of thing with a slightly different bent because it's it's focused on this uh, spy house that's kind of where all the disgraced spies who have done something to get them kicked out of the main spy hub. And so they go and work for this guy in what's called Slow House, which is where the, the name Slow Horse is comes from. Um, but... Yeah, and and, that, and that's that's the, the basis for the show. Anyway, that that was really good. I got through that and, and enjoyed it. Uh, mm, looks I, good. I watched the we the we work. Oh yeah, that, oh, I like that. That's not bad. Oh, Jared Leto is a bit a bit hard to take in that. But how far? But, how many but, did you but, watch so, but so's the guy, right? If you watch, yeah, anything, if yeah. you can't watch any footage of that guy, incredible, all timer. But Dave, how many episodes did you watch? Of Slow Horses or of We Work? Nah, the We Work, yeah. Uh, first oh, we, three, we, we I think. The, the, the reason I ask is um, I heard two separate people say exactly what I experienced with that show was that I found his accent and vibe and like yes. aesthetics really distracting. But after about three episodes, I seemingly got past that and I, ne- I didn't notice it again. But the, initially I'm like, this is fun. But a bit like with the movie The Irishman, I'm like, but... This all just feels like a fucking computer game of it or something. I don't know. It didn't feel real. But after yeah. that, the, the back half of it, I thought was really entertaining and just fucking off the wall crazy as these people are a lot. No, the accent actually was a factor for me. Like the, the, the Israeli accent that's not quite right. It, I found that very... Or, or not... It, it yep. was over, overplaying it almost. And you're like... Yeah. We, I, I see I how hard you are trying to do it. that accent. Yeah. And it, it's distracting me that you're trying so hard to do it. Did you see the I one mean, um, about the Russian? You know, sorry, the you know the German girl who got into I like New York it, society. Yeah. That yeah. accent was so unbearable that after the and I think she actually the actress who's from Ozarks. Yes. Um, I think actually I think she does. That's what this girl in real life does sound like. But it was so irritating that I actually was just like I absolutely cannot engage with the show in any way because this character is so annoying. Yes, Julia Garner is the actress. Yeah, um, the voice. She's a good performer. I, I haven't seen the show, but I know. She was. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, not I'm aware even of it. She, she's a great performer. I think it's an accurate rendition. It's just hard yeah. to listen to. In, Inventing know? Anna is the show for yes. people who want to watch it. Yeah. It also yeah. was a bit of a bit of a comic book show, frankly, as well. Let's be honest. It yeah, was. Yeah. Sim- it was systematic of Netflix's kind of formula bumping up against a bit of a wall. You know, you're like, yeah, I, I, I've seen this before. And it's just it's just the standard Netflix shtick. Yeah, yeah, that's in true. a new setting, you know. Did you see um, the one yeah. about the chick from um, the Blood Company, uh, Theranos? Oh, Theranos and Elizabeth well, there's, Holmes. There's a couple, <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, yeah. the one that was on that Apple, the one that was on with, with Amanda Seyfried in it, I think. Seyfried, yeah, that was Amanda. Amanda, Amanda, Amanda. Yeah, I started watching that too. Yeah, she seemed crazy too. But uh, Camp, that show you mentioned, Slow Horses, that's an Apple streaming that's service Apple original. Yeah. There's another one on that service that a lot of people are talking about called Severance. Is Severance, anybody watching yeah. it? Yeah. Is it, is it as good, good as people say? Haven't watched it's, it. It's a, I, I've watched it. it look, it, and it's even not my bag, but it's amazing. Like it, the, the, way, the way it's executed. Is, oh, that's Adam is, Scott, isn't it? It, it is. Adam Scott, yeah. yeah and a few other guys. Yeah. It's just top-notch execution, which actually, I've got to say, 
the, the Apple TV shows, they're, they're getting better. Got a pretty high hit rate. Yeah, like, they, they are. I, I, I totally agree. The Morning Wars is the biggest disaster I've ever watched in my entire life. But they still probably you know, made money on it. Yeah, well, it would just how much people talk about it as being that that bad. I mean, that that Train series wreck. is people Incredible. could not actually. We've talked about it on this podcast before, so I don't need to labour the point, but you couldn't have watched that as an editor and gone, "Yeah, that's fine. Let's put this out." Yeah, like, makes you, sense. You, yeah, like you, you like it must have been part of a plan. Yeah, it was. Well, Sam, start with season two of Righteous Gemstones. Right, season one's okay, but season two is, is where it's at. I wanted to introduce a quick rapid fire segment called News in Brief, or maybe even f- First Take. I've, I've collected some headlines, noteworthy headlines, and I'm just going to read them and see if anyone has, a, has an initial reaction. Just, just jump in if you got something. Are they real headlines? Real, real. Promise. Okay. Is there anything in there about, like, do we need a trigger warning? Is there anything there about Essendon? Nothing. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's all, all international. Uh, first one, I'll start kind of, you know, high level. China has invented an artificial sun five times hotter than the actual sun. Sounds like False. Mr. Burns. It's no, these are all, these are all true. These are all true. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Burns esque. Yep. I, I, do you need something that's five times hotter? I guess, I guess you do. Five uh, times hotter than the actual sun. Yes. That, it's an artificial sun, but it's five times hotter. I guess it's I feel small, like there's some right? nuance. Required yeah, there, it's, it's probably small, like the size of a cricket ball or something, which is why it's not a replacement for the actual sun. Nonetheless, <laughs> isn't the sun like a hundred billion miles from the earth or something? Five times hotter, Sam. Five times hotter. Mm. Can you send me the link to that? <laughs> yes, yeah, links, links will be in the episode. All right, another one. All right, another one. Good, good news from the UK. They're finally moving the SS Richard Montgomery, aka the Doomsday Wreck. It's a ship that's two kilometers from shore that still has 1,400 tons of TNT on it and they just never bothered moving it. <laughs> that's more like it. That's vaguely believable. Instant reaction to that is it sounds like a great houseboat weekend. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, science news. Uh, researchers say it's impossible to get a hamster drunk. They tried and something in them, like biologically, they can't get drunk. So just good to know, I guess. What a great assignment. <laughs> they just died. As hey, they just what project died. you on over there, Pop? I'm on the hamster drinking one. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the hamster guy. Yep. Policing news. Two LAPD officers chased Pokemon instead of responding to a robbery call. <laughs> and a, a court just upheld their firings. Fair or not fair? They were fired and then they stayed fired. Like, yeah, I, 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 I take it they were chasing Pokemon using their like some kind of app on their phone or something. Yeah, hopefully not with like a taser or a fucking pistol. Yeah. Yeah, or or some or some poor prick dressed up as Pikachu or something. Yeah, That'd yeah, I know. Ranch one for you. America's Airlines doesn't say which ones are introducing a class below economy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call that? What do you call it? Subeconomy to be down there. Yeah, yeah. Subeconomy. Yeah. It's standing room only. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll dig into that and find some, find out some more about what it is and what it means. But I think, yeah, Sam may be right. You're sitting with like the livestock and who knows what else it is, but we'll, we'll find Sub out. Sub-economy. You just, you just hang onto the outside of the plane like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. Tom Cruise style, yeah, in the cargo hold. Uh, can, can we just very, very quickly t- touch on Top Gun Maverick? and the, Oh, the- 
Ranch, um, I, easy. I, I just need to say you can't you can't use the words Top Gun Maverick and touch on around me at the moment. Oh, There's something the ranch, the ranch <laughs> is stroking it. <laughs> it looks I, so I, fucking amazing. I can't <laughs> wait. It, it, Top, I can't like, remember a film where I have not heard one negative review. Yeah, not one. Like, Everyone no, is no, just like, go to the fu- not, not even like people like just doing that. Oh, look, it's not that good. Like people are exaggerating. I haven't even heard that take yet, which yeah, I'm sure yeah. is coming. Yeah, like every, every, single, every single review is just someone saying, go to the fucking movies. Like that's, that's, that's all it is. Just go and see it. It's going to be so good. I can't the only wait. negative take I read was someone sort of mockingly writing, Tom Cruise genuinely thought they'd let him fly an F-18 Tomcat as part of filming the movie. Like, he, you know, of course he fucking thought that because he thinks he can do anything. I was just going to say, I watched the original Top Gun this week in preparation. Mm, probably avoid it. Probably. Yeah. It's not great. Well, it's not it's, great. It's like the, it's the, Navy funded propaganda is what most of it is. They funded yeah. that thing. It is, and, and look, given it was made in '86 or whatever, like the 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 footage of the of the of the planes flying around is is pretty great. Uh, but there's a lot of obviously cheesy stuff. The music still absolutely stands up. Like that main theme is is, is pretty great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and and also like Danger Zone and kind of all that other shit. Like there's there's a lot of cool stuff that goes along with it. But the actual movie itself is everything. Indeed, made by Tony yeah. Scott. Yeah. R.I.P. Vaguely spoiled because this is everywhere in the internet, but like there's a there's a version of Danger Zone that comes in on Top Gun Maverick. Why would you tell me that? Why would you tell me that? <laughs> Why would you tell that's, me that? That's in the trailer, Ranch. I just Googled the eat the doomsday ship because it's trying my wheelhouse. <laughs> um, <laughs> Have they fixed it? Can I can I read this? Yeah, go on. Uh, from this is from newscientist.com, which is you know where I go for all my science news. Uh, our investigation revealed that the government's explosives research and development establishment (ERDE) had calculated in 1972 that the blast from an explosion at the wreck would shatter virtually every window in Sheerness and send a 300 meter wide column of mud, metal, and munitions shooting three kilometers into the air. <laughs> I know, right? You've got to fix that, don't you? A blast, on this sc- a blast on this scale would be one of the world's biggest non-nuclear explosions causing <laughs> widespread destruction and death. The proximity of a giant liquefied natural gas terminal on the Isle of Grain is also a worry. <laughs> so why leave it like this for so long? It's, I don't think it's that easy to dispose of it. What, are you going to go down there? I, I assume it's going to be a... a- a Bugs Bunny Roadrunner situation with someone fucking flies. <laughs> yeah. One of the divers is like, well, that's a good day work. You know what I feel like? A SIG. Yeah. So apparently a lot, a, lot of the bomb, a lot of the bombs have got their fuses in them, which means they're just like, and they go, and, you know, now they've been underwater, they may have passed through their enhanced um, fragile stage where they're more sensitive <laughs> to explosion, or they might not have. <laughs> So that's news in brief, uh, fast fast takes or whatever the segments could be called. We'll have to come up with some theme music. That's all we have time for this week. We'll be back next week, as we always are every single week with a new show. Thank you to Ranch, Sam, and the camp. We'll see you next time. Thanks to our sponsors, the Old McCallum and Barclay and Suzuki. We'll see you next time on the Dick and Ham Show. All right. <laughs>